You're listening to Panthers on tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryce and Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game and Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we get into tonight's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group, Panthers on tap. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on tap. We got a returning guest this evening. I'd like to welcome back J.J. Hardy, better known as Panthers Culture, the man responsible for putting up the billboard a few years ago, telling Tepper and the higher-ups, keep Cam Newton in Carolina. J.J., it's great to have you back on, man. Man, it's great to be here with you fellas, man. And obviously, you know, this is probably the happiest all of us has been this this year, this season, and mm-hmm. quite, for quite some time. So um, definitely a great opportunity to come on and, and chop it up with y'all looking forward Bryson, to Bryson how are we doing this evening dude I'm I am great I am awesome I'm so cloud excited nine. I'm on cloud nine as uh as Cam put it I'm still floating um he's <laughs> back he, he let everybody know Sunday and um and Queen City the king's back <laughs> Man, hey look look I'm happy for you dude like I'm we talked offline about you know your your fandom for Cam and and, you know, for you and everybody else, you know, who, you know, been pounding the table for Cam and, you know, I'm, I'm happy for everyone, you know, who, who, were, you know, who were part of that. So um, you, it's cool for you, dude. Well, you. Well, all well, let's, <laughs> let's get it on the record here, JJ. We were talking before we hit the record button, but Jonathan Alexander, he, he pushes out the, the breaking news headline. Um, Panthers leaders meeting with Cam Newton. We haven't gotten to talk uh, as a podcast yet about this return. So let me just get your feelings. What were you doing? I mean, this was a moment where we're going to look back on, I feel like, and, you know, when we're, you know, we have kids and uh, where were you when this happened sort of moment. So what walk us through what you heard, what you were feeling, where, where were you, that sort of thing. <laughs> so I actually have a, a pretty funny story. So Thursday last week was Veterans Day. Uh, as I've shared on Twitter, and I think I actually shared that morning, um, you know, some of my, my Air Force veteran photos. And, and so um, based on my line of work, I was off that day. Uh, my wife is also a veteran. And so we always try to take advantage of every opportunity that's out there for veterans um, here in the Atlanta area. So. Um, we woke up that morning and I wanted to surprise her you know, by taking her to a breakfast spot that we love. And so we got in the car, we drove down into Atlanta and we got to our place. And um, fortunately for us, it wasn't a wait. So we sat down at the table and we ordered our food and, you know, everything was lovely. My wife was excited, you know, and, and I was thinking like, yeah, man, I'm winning. You know, I got my wife out on a date, you know, no kids and it's just us. And my wife is sitting there talking. I can tell she's happy. You know, the, the, the restaurant is vibing and everything was cool. And then all of a sudden I saw my phone notifications start going off. And it's crazy. One of them was Bryson. And, you know, it was a DM. It was asking me, had I heard anything about the cam news? And I saw the uh, tweet from Jonathan Alexander saying that Cam Newton was in Charlotte, I believe, or something to that effect. And here I am, you know, reading through the tweets. I'm, I'm, I'm processing the DMs and I'm like, what is to this? And so as my wife is talking, 
um, it was like she turned into the Charlie Brown teacher. It was like, wah, 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 wah. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I got to figure out what's going on with Cam. I can't believe this. This can't be real. And so I started digging. I found Sheena Quick's um, tweet about, you know, him being in the city. I think she was confirming that he was in Charlotte and and you know, start seeing tweets about, you know, his potential signing, you know, and all of that stuff. And, and man, you know, long story short, this nice romantic breakfast was wrecked <laughs> for, for my wife. And all I could think about was like, what was going to happen next? Even my son, and I think I shared this tweet, he sent me a text message, you know, with a Bleacher Report screenshot saying Cam Newton was in, in Carolina. And, and I was like, and so me and him start texting. And so I was like, you know, it, I said, I, I think, you know, because I was still trying to, to engage in the breakfast, I just liked his um, tweet, it was the screenshot. I think I, I gave it like a heart. And then um, he said, I'm scared. And I was like, why? Like, why are you scared? And he was saying, because I want it to happen, but I don't think it will. And it just melts in my heart, dude. I was like, oh my God. And so normally I would be mad because my son is texting, you know, while he was in school. But <laughs> even he knew it was big enough for us to, to, to send me a text and and try to figure out what was going on. And, and so now I'm caught up in this whole, you know, cam matrix and I'm following the story. We ended up finishing breakfast and, you know, my wife is a little annoyed at this point. And so we jump in the car and we head back, you know, towards where we live. And, and so I'm still looking at my phone driving. I know I shouldn't be doing that, but I need to track the story and updates are coming in. And, She's mad and she's like, you're going to make us wreck, you know, because you can't pay attention. I'll drive. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And so I, I put my phone away and then I'll go right back to my phone and start looking for more updates. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think she was so annoyed. She tried to punish me. She took me to like two furniture stores and then Costco. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, but everywhere I'm going, I'm like, like basically, you know, walking blindfolded because my head is down. I'm bumping into folks as I'm walking through the stores and whatnot. And just following this story, man, and, and honestly, I think something came out from Joe Person, I believe, saying that he believes the deal could be done, you know, early in the afternoon or something. And I'm like, oh, my. And I think we finally got, like, official word somewhere around noon. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it for me, dude. Like, I was done for the day. My phone started blowing up. Um, family members started calling me. You know, people were just so elated. I was elated. I honestly was in disbelief, almost in shock for the longest time. And I was happy for my son. I was happy for us. Um, I was watching the timeline and I could see that everybody was excited, you know, in the fan base. And honestly, I haven't seen that level of connected fan excitement probably since the beginning of the 2019 season. And it just felt good, man. It felt good. My day was ruined. My wife was pretty much annoyed with me. You know, she was happy for me, honestly. You know, she got it. But, you know, our whole, you know, Veterans Day, day out experience, it was it was pretty much wrecked because we had to pick up the kids at like 2.30. And, and, you know, we really hadn't spent any quality time, you know, together because my whole day had been enveloped in this whole cam returning to Carolina experience. But, you know, she let me off the hook. You know, she was able to gauge excitement, you know, from around the NFL, every time you turn on, you know, the TV, you know, the, the sports networks and everything was talking about it. She was getting updates on the phone. She saw her friends and her, in her social circles talking about it. 
And um, it was just, it was just dope, man. I'm, I'm so glad um, that it happened, you know, for us, you know, for the fan base, you know, for all the kids and even the adults, you know, who love Cam Newton. It was like the most unreal scenario um, that anybody could have possibly expected actually happened. And, and that's why it was so unbelievable. Um, you know, people have been talking to me, you know, sending me messages, um, asking me what I thought about Cam coming back. And I always said at this point, they should, you know, it was different last year because he was on a different team. You know, he was with the Patriots, you know, you know after July, he had been signed, you know, by New England. And, you know, he was trying to figure out how to be a Patriot. And so, you know, I didn't really have those discussions last year because realistically he played for another team. But this year, him sitting home as a free agent, um, you know, we had Sam and, and everything. And, and so I knew that they were trying to commit to Sam. I, I, I just didn't feel that they would ever do that. But I, I felt like it was a good fit and it made sense. And, and as we saw Sam starting to deteriorate a little bit, you know, I started kind of rationing up some of that conversation, but still didn't want to put myself too far out there because it just didn't feel like something that Dave Tepper um, would actually be part of. But man, we were all shocked. I was super surprised that they were able to swallow whatever pride, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, men, whatever they needed to men to make this happen. So I was, I was happy on two fronts. One, as a football fan of a football team that got serious enough to know that they still have a chance and were willing to do whatever it took. And two, to go back to the man who was so important for the Carolinas and this football team, knowing how last year went and how it made everybody feel to just suck it up and say, hey, dude, we'll bring you to our house. We'll hash it out. We'll hug it out. And we're going to give you the money that you deserve. And that's an underlying story of this whole thing is that the contract that they gave Cam told me that they respected him. You know, they didn't try to offer him some, you know, some bet minimum, you know, whatever that you saw, you know, these guys getting last year. Mm -hmm. They gave him an opportunity to make up to $10 million um, if we make it to the Super Bowl and everything. So, man, it was just to see the whole package, him coming back, them giving him a fair deal, all of it. You know, it was, it was, it, it was, it's still surreal. I say it was surreal. It's still surreal. Like some, I wake up thinking the, about the fact that Cam Newton is my quarterback again. I go and turn on John Madden. I've already updated the rosters. And he's my quarterback on Madden. Like it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's sick. You know, like it's it's actually sick. And and um, and I was mentioning mentioning this earlier to someone, I said, man, I said, my son, uh, who, you know, we always have watched football together, um, you know, and, and, and so we take time and do that every Sunday. My son hasn't watched or sat down and watched the Panthers game all year. Um, you know, he will always start it with me, but then he'll go off and play his video games or go outside and, and play around with his friends and all that stuff during the games. And he'll come in maybe at halftime and check the score and, and then he'll come in towards the end and look at the score and walk off. This past Sunday was the first time my 13-year-old son sat down and watched a game. And I know it was 100% because Cam Newton was quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And that right there. That's awesome. That, that was it. You know, for me, I was just sitting there looking at him, you know, on the other couch. And I was like, 
this dude is actually sitting down and watching this game. And I haven't gotten him to do this in the first nine weeks of the season. And today he's fully engaged. So, so yeah, man, it was, that's how special it is to me. I'll jump in here. I had texted him that morning and we, you know, when Cam Newton was released from the Panthers, what last year, uh, March, was it somewhere around that time? I remember I, I tweeted out the day it happened, and I and I said the Carolina Panthers will regret this move for a long, long time. It was something to that effect. I don't know word for word what I tweeted, but it was something to that effect. Um, and then once once Cam left, and a month went by, and we got Bridgewater and that sort of thing, I kind of. I kind of had moved on. I kind of accepted it. I was, hey, you know, it left a bad taste in my mouth the way they let him go. But I kind of moved on. I was like, all right, new regime coming in. Let's see what they can do. Um, and kind of just left it at that. And, you know, was happy that Cam found a team with the Patriots and kind just kind of moved on. And I know Bryson, he was always pounding the table, you know, you know, Carolina should bring him back. And I honestly never thought that was really realistic. I didn't th- like, like you said, JJ, I, I had no confidence in this team, Matt rule and Tepper combined to swallow their pride and pick up that phone. And they proved me wrong. I mean, I, I did not expect them to do this. Um, when I saw that uh, Jonathan Alexander tweet, I was, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is insane. I, and I honestly had a hard time believing it. Um, but then I saw, you know, the Sheena quick tweet confirming he was in Charlotte, Jonathan, uh, Joe person, you know, saying they, they're going to get a deal done today. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is happening. So I was stunned. Um, I was on Panther nation podcast. last week. got, my reaction was Christmas comes early, man. This is, this is what the Panthers fan base needed. It's a breath of fresh air. Um, Sam Darnold really sucked the life out of this fan base. Right. And, you know, Cam Newton has brought that energy back and it's, it's, it's just unreal, man. It really is the power. And we talked about this before we, we started recording the power he has just over this team and this fan base, you really got to come into a clear picture once he came back. You know, you realize that you knew people really cared about Cam Newton, but not until he came back, you really saw the impact he had on fans and across the Carolinas. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because Tyler Ricky Tons is currently a, a, a GQ journalist. Uh, recently, he's interviewed the likes of Scottie Pippen you know, and, um, and other um, sports celebrities. He actually did a, a podcast, not a podcast, but a, uh, a docu-series last, last year. It was I guess it was at the end of the 2019 season. And he was pretty much documenting um, you know, what was going on with Cam Newton at that point. Cam was hurt. You know, it was his last year um, in Carolina. Um, you know, and, and everybody was trying to figure out what was next for Cam. Um, Kyle Allen was our starting quarterback, and there was a lot of chatter about what the Carolina Panthers were going to do with Cam in the offseason. And he reached out to me, um, I think around that December. Um, I think he had saw the, the, the story about the, the billboards. And so he reached out to me and asked if he could interview me. And I was like, 
no, nah, man, I said, I don't know how we'll be able to do that, you know, because he was planning on being in Charlotte. And, you know, because I live in Atlanta, um, I had no plans on actually going to Charlotte. Um, my sister lives in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And so just so happened, I was going to go see her that weekend. But that was as far as I was going. I wasn't going all the way into Charlotte and I wasn't going to the game. But when he you know, asked me about in, um, doing the interview, I was like, man, I was like, I really hadn't planned on coming up, but it's only an hour from Spartanburg. So I said, maybe I'll just come up. I eventually, you know, got tickets. That was the the Saints game. I think it was the last game of the season. And and we talked. And not only did I speak with Tyler Ricky Times, um, you know, for that, for that, that documentary he was doing. Um, I actually invited him to talk to several members. Um, of the Roaring Riot and other Panthers fans. And so he was able to, to have interviews with several of us. And it was cool. It was a dope experience. He's a great um, interviewer, um, a great journalist. And, and I probably had like, like 15, 20 minutes um, of just Q&A with him. Now, when he actually produced, you know, the, the series, I think my, my part was reduced to like maybe you know, 30 seconds. Um, but, you know, we had a lot of conversation about what Cam meant. One of the things that he did capture was what I said, you know, was that if for some reason they decide to part ways with Cam Newton, then they would see the fan base shift, you know, back to the way they were before Cam arrived, you know, and, you know, they wouldn't be attending games and, you know, the Carolina as a, as a franchise would become pretty irrelevant in the NFL's eyes. Um, I said that and a lot more. He captured that part. So I knew what Cam Newton meant, you know, for the Carolina fan culture. Um, you know, guys, you know, from around the fan base, you can look at the Roaring Riot. Um, I think a lot of what was able to be built in fandom was built on the excitement of Cam Newton, especially um, during that 2015 season. So being a South Carolina um, you know, uh, native and always keeping, you know, my ears to the ground about what's going on in and around the upstate. Um, I have relatives in Charlotte. Uh, I know how much Cam meant. And I, I felt like if Carolina Panthers were to allow him to walk away, so would the interest in the team. But what I didn't quantify until after he was gone was just how much he meant. You know, we saw, you know, a lot of the, the activity on Twitter, um, a lot of anger, um, a lot of resentment towards the team, um, a lot of bitterness and a lot of craziness almost every day. Like you, if you log on to Panthers Twitter on any given day, you know, since last March, it's been chaos. <laughs> and so, um, and a lot of that was around the the passion um, that, the, that the fans had for Cam Newton. And so, man, you know, like I just, you know, given how everything went down um, last season, for everything to culminate on November the 11th with them bringing Cam back and to see like the full elation of the fan base, the sense of relief, the, the, um, the euphoric feel of this man being back, it really hit me that even for someone who felt like I understood the magnitude of Cam, I really didn't get it. And that's saying a lot. 
because I really thought I captured that, you know, back in 2019, I hadn't. And, and, and honestly, it made me make a little more sense of some of the, the attitudes that I received last season when I, like you, you know, was just looking to move on. Like I'm a very, I'm a very, very um, logical person, right? And so even with my fandom um, and understanding the importance of Cam Newton, once they moved on from him and once we got past the draft, because for me, that's when it set in. You know, they signed um, Teddy Bridgewater um, on the same day that they allowed for Cam to seek a trade. And I think it was about a week later where they actually just released Cam. Um, up until the, the draft came and went, and I realized that they weren't drafting um, Tua, Justin, um, Justin Herbert, um, and we knew we weren't going to get Joe Burrow. But when I when I realized that they weren't going to to bring in a rookie, and that it was Teddy, then my logic took over, and it was like, well, Teddy's going to be the quarterback, and and you know Cam isn't coming back anytime soon, and and like you, you know, once the Patriots actually signed him, I even wrote an article on my blog, you know, it was you know basically you know closing that chapter and just wishing Cam um, success in New England. You know, and, and mm -hmm. I even mentioned in that article that some fans have said that they're going to follow you to New England. Um, but, you know, that was met with a lot of, um, you know, resentment and anger, even towards people like me, who they felt was too eager to move on. Um, and I didn't get that. I haven't gotten that. And it probably didn't even hit me, you know, why people were so passionate and was so angry and was so um, put off, you know, by being able to move on until I saw how magnificent his return actually was and how much he meant um, to all of those fans. So, you know, so yeah, this, this whole experience, man, as unrealistic, you know, as this thing was, um, we needed it more than any, franchise has ever needed to get a guy back and, 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 and again, it's just beautiful to see you know and I'm, and I'm glad to be part of it I you know it, if you were somebody I, I remember seeing one of my one of uh, the Atlanta Falcons fans um, he's a guy that I've, I've worked with here in Atlanta and he was really pounding the table for Atlanta to bring Cam home and as soon as he saw that Cam was signing you know back with the Panthers all he did was tweet out these crying emojis and so, you know, to actually be part of the experience, you know, from the inside versus just being some other franchise who, who is struggling and watching our elation, I can't even imagine how they might feel right now. You know, and I'm glad that I don't have to feel it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bryson, let's get you back on. You had to, you had to dip out there, but you just keep talking about, you know, that feeling when uh, Cam Newton signed that piece of paper. Yeah, uh, I uh, I was super excited when it happened. Like I said, I was home. Curtis texted me and said, "Cam's in Charlotte talking to the Panthers." And Sheena had that cryptic that cryptic tweet. Uh, so I was on Twitter literally from like nine a.m. to like four p.m. Like I didn't get off Twitter. Like I, it was not healthy how much I was on Twitter that day. Um, I was, you know, I was just so elated. Uh, 
Cam Newton is one of my heroes. He's my favorite football player of all time. He's my favorite Panther of all time. Um, the best Panther in, in the history of the organization, in my opinion. Um, he, he has meant so much to the fans, the, the city of Charlotte, the Carolinas. Um, I mean, and we saw Sunday, like there's just a different energy with Cam Newton. Um, he's not just a, a great NFL player. He's a great person. Um, people gravitate towards him. I mean, we saw him do the the press conference after the game with Robbie Anderson. Like, he's taking Robbie under his wing. I was like, Robbie, your energy was off. Like, like we're going to work on this together. Like, he's just such a, a natural leader of men, and he understands what it takes to win. And, and like he said, he's, he's not here on some Cinderella story. That's what he's here to do is win. And, and I really think that Cam Newton gives them the best chance that they've had all year to win games. Um, we saw, you know, just the game this past weekend, he had two touches for two touchdowns. And he, he knew he knew enough plays to score two touchdowns worth of plays <laughs> is what he said. So, uh, you know, I'm like I said, can't like when it happened, I'm not even, I'm not even going to cry. I or I'm not even going to lie. I had grown man tears when it, when he came back because it was just it was just, it just didn't feel real. Like I felt like I was dreaming and I just I kept seeing on Twitter like Cam Newton's expected to sign with the Carolina Panthers. It's supposed to happen by this afternoon. And Sheena even tweeted uh if Carolina had their way, he would be uh, Cam Newton would be playing in the game this weekend for them, and I was like, man, like if that's the case, like things are going to turn around, and and they did absolutely turn around. The defense played great, which they've been doing all year, but I felt like even the defense is on another level. Um, the offense, obviously, uh, PJ Walker balled out. I thought PJ played great. He did um, during he the did. game. Um, I, I'm not sure you guys have have you guys gotten into the Arizona recap yet. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, Cam, Cam being back in Carolina, you know, not only if, okay, even if he doesn't play good, if, if he is just terrible, I do not care at all because (laughs) they brought him back and they, they are able to rehash some, some things like it's not only David Tepper and it's not only Matt rule, um, swallowing their pride. It's Cam Newton also like Cam Newton, like, if, if you were in his shoes, you would be upset of the, the way an organization that you gave everything that you've had in, you know, you started your career, you went through so many injuries. You literally get put your body on the line year after year after year for them to kick you to the curb like that. Like it's human to have some feelings about that. And uh, for him to, to want to come back, which, you know, I, I never really thought that if Carolina reached out to him, he would say no, because I don't think Cam Newton is that kind of person. I think right. that he, Obviously, he is. He, he's a person that can talk about like, hey, like th- this is the way that made me feel, and you know, I'm willing to forgive you. He's a man of faith, and he's he's talked a lot about God since he's been back. I'm personally, it you know that that that's his stuff, and um, I'm glad that he's being able to work through, you know, some of the things with with his faith in God, and just being able to you know be a grown man about it, and and he's just gonna. Oh my God. I I'm so excited for the season now. I like, if you've, anybody has been following me on Twitter, like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Carolina Panthers went out. Like, honestly, I do not think, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities uh, with the way that, you know, he's, he's bringing energy to this team and Matt rule and David Tepper and Joe Brady tweeting the one and O with the Cam Newton. O. and I mean, Oh my God, it, it, it's just all around excitement. I, I couldn't be happier. I, I don't remember a happier time um, th- in my fandom as a 
as it was this past Thursday when Cam Newton re-signed with the Carolina Panthers, like, because it was so out of the realm of possibility in my mind and, and for them to bring him back, be on good terms with him and just be able to rehash everything that happened and to watch him actually play and not him come back on a one day contract is it's just amazing. I, I couldn't ask for anything better as a Carolina Panther fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's real. Yeah. You gonna be sticking around here, Bryson? You gotta, you gotta get going because I'll good, keep rolling. I'm, no, I'm good for a couple minutes until I get all the right, call. Until right. I get the call. Well, let let's get into that game this weekend because you li- you literally couldn't dream up a better first game back for Cam Newton. He's playing at uh, Arizona. That was his first game when he was drafted by the Panthers. And we all know what he did there. He lit up the show there in his first game. And then this weekend, Bryson mentioned it already, the two plays, two touchdowns. Um, JJ, let's just talk about that. Cam, Cam Newton takes that, takes the snap from the goal line and runs to the corner of the end zone, and he yells out back. How are you feeling at that moment? So, so I'm watching the game, and – that first down play, because I think PJ had just threw the ball down to Christian, and Christian got down to like maybe the two-yard line or something. And I immediately start calling for Cam to be put in the game on Twitter, right? I'm like, man, put Cam in, put Cam in. Like, this is a perfect opportunity to get him in the game. And so then they proceeded to run Christian, and Christian gets stuffed. And I was like, man, please put Cam in. And then I heard the announcer say it, like, oh, Cam Newton is, is, is entering the game. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, this is actually happening. And so I saw him line up, and, and I remember the New England Patriots running like a similar formation uh, with Cam in the shotgun, uh, running, you know, basically imbalanced, you know. Um, and I was like, that looks like the, the, the formation where, you know, New England used to use Cam on the goal line. And so he hikes the ball. And honestly, I thought they had him in the backfield. You know, that guy came screaming around um, the right edge. And it looked like he had Cam dead to right. Said so Cam, you know, he, he, he stepped off. Um, another guy came, you know, from, you know from, the, from his left side. He gave that dude the stiff arm. Them two guys collided. He proceeded to, to run to the corner. Um, Christian was taking his guy. I think that was, uh, um, I can't think of it. It was the, 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 the guy from Clemson, the linebacker. I can't even think of his name. Isaiah now. Simmons. Simmons, yes, Simmons. And, man, you know, Simmons is a big, fast guy. Mm-hmm. And when Cam met him at the goal line and basically made him look like a little boy, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this dude just scored a touchdown. But what happened next was something I couldn't expect, and that's when he took that helmet off and he started screaming, I'm back. I was literally looking at the TV in shock. Yeah. Like, did he just do, is he really doing this? You know, like, that's what I was thinking. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this dude is on another level. And all I could think about is the lion is roaring. You know, he had, in his um, introductory press conference, he had alluded to um, DJ Moore being Simba, but he was still Mufasa. Yeah. And all I could think about was, like, like that's Mufasa, you know what I'm saying? And and when he did that, he was looking in the crowd, he was screaming on back. Can you imagine being a young Carolina Panthers player 
And you've never seen Cam play before. You've seen him, you know, probably was a fan growing up, you know, just like a lot of other young guys. And now that dude gets in the game and the first time he touches it, he runs that touchdown and he starts screaming, I'm back. I know if I was a young dude on this team, I would feel like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, that's it. And, and, and honestly, I, I tweeted this, I think, um, yesterday. I tweet so much, but I know what I tweeted was, was a real feeling. I can't remember watching the Carolina Panthers game where I felt like there's no way this team can beat us. After Cam scored that touchdown, I just felt like there's no way they can beat us. It didn't matter the rest of the game. I never felt like the game was ever in doubt. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember ever feeling like that for a Carolina game because even when we get ahead in some games, like we start making these boneheaded plays or start playing prevent defense or something, we let teams get back in the game. Like we dominated that game from the first nap until like the final, into the into the final um, seconds went off the clock. And, and I was like, man, it must feel so good for those guys to have that guy in the locker room now. And you can see everybody shift. You know, like you said, Matt Rule, you know, Joe Brady tweeting where he tweeted the one and oh with the cam front. Um, I think everybody's, I think they're all the fans now, you know, and, and not in a bad way. I think everybody kind of gets it now. Um, just like I said, I knew I got it, but I didn't really get it, get it until he came back. I think Matt Rule, you know, he used to say last year before they released him, you know, how impressed he was with Cam the man and this and that and, you know, all the things that people got upset with him for because they felt like it was disingenuous, you know, in hindsight. I think they were all, you know, pretty impressed with the, the physical presence of Cam. I don't think they truly tracked how that translated to the energy of the team. You know, to be real, and, and I've been, you know, one of the biggest Teddy Bridgewater supporters um, and probably to a fault, you know, last year. You know, this year, I never liked Sam Donald even before he was a Panther, but because he was my quarterback, I needed to give him a chance. And I think I did, you know, until he just, you know, removed all doubt that he wasn't the guy. But those two guys are very low energy, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, when your team is struggling, um, you know, and, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what to tap into, you know, to, to, to you know, to make a play, to do something, you know, that, that's game changing. Um, somebody mentioned it in the town hall the other night, you know, like, you need that spark. And, you know, Teddy is a very um, flat line type guy. They always talk about how, you know, even, even killed he is. Well, that's great when everything is going good, you know, but when you need that spark, you know, you you, you kind of need a guy that's going to, you know, get you together. Um, and, 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 and like you see Tom Brady, you know, doing it on their sidelines, you know, doing his time in New England. You see it even now with the Bucks. You see the really good quarterbacks rally the troops. Um, Sam Donald didn't have that in him. I, I didn't see it this year. Um, that wasn't Teddy's thing during the game either. But then – I saw the video of Cam on the sideline, even when he wasn't starting, you know, this game. And he was the one pulling the team together, rallying them in the game while we were up and basically running the, the sideline 
um, and bringing in PJ and then give him a pat on the butt as he walked out. His third day in the building. That's crazy. Like it's his third day on the team and he's already the leader of the team. Like he he was it. And and that was to me, I was like, that's a dude. And, And to me, I was like, okay, Matt Rule, and some people disagree with this. Um, I mentioned this when I got on the town hall on Sunday night. Matt Rule learned a valuable lesson as an NFL coach um, this weekend. And that's, you know, you can be a coach and you can have a culture and, you know, you can, you know, have a brand or whatever and people can buy in. But you still got to have a guy, you know, to, to help enforce that culture, right? To keep people accountable. And I think he didn't really have that guy. And there's some good guys. And I think, you know, Dante Jackson has stepped up as a leader. I think Shaq Thompson has stepped up as a leader. Um, But those guys are on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if he's had anybody on the offensive side of the ball that can really rally the team together. And um, Christian is a a great player. Um, I don't think his natural, um, his natural being is, is, is a raw, raw type of guy. He's just a really good player. Um, and and the same goes for DJ Moore. He leads on the field. I yeah, agree. They, they, he leads through his play. Um, DJ mm-hmm. Moore, same type of guy. He's even come out and said that he's not like, you know, the in-your-face type of guy. Um, Robbie Anderson is very passionate, um, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to pull everybody together and rally them, you know. And so you really don't have um, that that charismatic type guy that can really pull people together and people rally around him and want to listen to him on the offensive side of the ball. And Cam gave this team something that they were missing. And I don't think they realized the value of until Sunday. So, you know, that said, Matt Rule, I think he saw for the first time that at the NFL level, that your culture and your brand and all that stuff, you know, the coach being able to rally you and, you know, and all that, that's not how it works at the NFL level. Those guys need to have a guy they respect at the quarterback position um, that can pull them in, get them motivated, hold them accountable. And that, you know, and, 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 and I don't think Matt Rue really understood that until Sunday. And I'm glad that he was able to see it. And because, you know, we don't know how long we're going to have Cam. I hope we have him for a few more years now that he's back in the building, however long he can play and, and play at a, at a high level. Um, but I think for Matt Rule, I think seeing Cam as a franchise guy and what that means, I think that's going to help him out as a coach because it's going to tell him, hey, look, if I'm going to be successful at this level, I have to have a guy. I can't just have any old guy. I got to have a guy guy. And um, and they you know probably will never be another Cam Newton, but at least he will know that I got to have a guy that the people in the locker room is going to respect as a leader um, on the offensive side of the football. So it doesn't matter if he's a defensive guy and you know he wants to build defensive teams. He better have a guy on offense, and that guy on offense better be the quarterback. Can't be a running mm-hmm. back. Can't be a wide receiver. Can't be a right tackle. It has to be the quarterback. Yeah. So. Uh, um... If we're on the same question still, uh, how, how did we feel about the touchdown? So, um, but yeah, uh, I was I watched the first half of Curtis actually at his place, um, and and we heard, oh look who's coming into the game, Cam Newton first <laughs> first uh, first touch as a Carolina back as a Carolina Panther, and the crazy part to me was everybody on that field in red knew 
what was going to happen. They knew Cam Newton was running that ball. Everybody knew it. They were there. They they had two guys hit Cam behind the line of scrimmage. Cam stiff-armed one out of the galaxy, got away from <laughs> the other, and then it was Christian McCaffrey still in the block, like right by the end zone. And then Cam Newton got in, took his helmet off, screamed, I'm back, I'm back. And, uh, you know, I, I had goosebumps. It was, it was just like – it was unreal to me. It was like – situations I, I've been dreaming of um you know I I think um Cam Newton is the greatest red zone threat in NFL history I don't think that's really much much of a you know argument there he has the most rushing t- touchdowns of any quarterback of all time um mm-hmm. even last season with the Patriots he had 12 rushing touchdowns like they were using them uh, as a as a running quarterback as well um it's what he's known for obviously he's 6'5 240 um he's a linebacker playing quarterback and um he's still he's still got it man i you know i people are are you know he's 31 32 whatever and uh he, he's not the cam of 2015 and all of that he doesn't have to be cam of 2015 on this roster this is the best team that he's ever been on um the best one of the best defenses you know that 2015 defense was pretty good but one of the best defenses he's ever played with um definitely the most weapons on offense he's ever had with DJ Moore and Robbie and Christian and Terrace Marshall. Um, I think Cam is, is, is going to surprise a lot of people um, in the NFL and surprise a lot of Panthers fans that still, there's still a lot of Panthers fans on the fence. And, you know, I will never understand that, you know, that sentiment that people have towards Cam, but uh, he is going to, he's going to surprise everybody but himself because he knows he knows what he's capable of, and, and, and you could tell in his pressers, he is so serious. He is so focused on what he wants to do, and it, it's like a different aura around him the second time back. Like he's not, he's not as uh, like I guess joking, but like he he still jokes around, and you know he has a good time and stuff. But he's 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 more focused. I would say um, just from what I've seen from him, he's more focused um, on winning. Uh, he's more focused on leading. Um, he knows that like this roster, this Panthers roster is like the second youngest in the NFL and for them to get a Cam Newton halfway through the season and to, to help them turn around their season that they've had, that's been pretty disappointing up to this point. Um, it, I mean, you really can't ask for anything better, um, as a player and, you know, as a person to, to get Cam Newton back on your team. And, uh, I mean, the game, you know, he he threw a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. He got Robbie involved. Robbie was happy. Uh, it was good to see him smile. Um, Robbie's back in this thing. DJ Moore, obviously, um, he's, you know, he, he's been there. He, he's been – DJ Moore is DJ Moore. He's not going to cause a uh, – you know, he, he's not going to say a lot. But I'm sure he was, he's been frustrated, too, with, with the quarterback play. And um, he's happy to have Cam back, I know. And – you know, I'm just excited for the season. It it literally Sunday. I, I'm going to be there at Bank of America. I'm go, riding up with Curtis. It's going to be the the most packed it's been in a long time. It's going to be the loudest it's been in a long time. And when Cam Newton comes out of that tunnel with the smoke and the fire, and he's hitting the Superman, it's going to be like euphoric. Like it, it's going to be like I'm on drugs. Like at, at the at the Panther at Bank of America Stadium, I'm I'm going to feel like I'm in the, on a different planet because. I don't, he, he just like, he just means that much to me. It like, I just watched football so much and 
you know, in 2011 when they drafted him, like he's who I wanted and I've watched him grow. And I just feel like, like, I don't know him, but I feel like I'm best friends with him. Like, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird, but like, I, I just really, I, I want to see him do well. And I think he's going to do well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go, going back to the game. I mean, I want to admit, I'm, I, I think, I feel like I was a little naive to his impact of him coming back was going to have. Cause it was, it was just so powerful and, and it was insanity really just watching that game. And it was literally a different team on that field on Sunday and watching that, the I'm back moment. If that doesn't make you want to run through a brick wall as a fan, I honestly do not know what will. And I had a friend, I, would, I, I had a friend who I was talking to during the game when that happened and he brought up a good point and I agree with him. He said, it wasn't, it wasn't up there. It, it was probably as close to um, the I'm back moment of Michael Jordan. I mean, it was, it was that powerful of a moment for Cam Newton. And when MJ said he was back after he came out of retirement and came back for the Bulls, it was almost up there with that moment. It was, it was a really powerful moment, not for just Cam, but for Panther fans too. I mean, you, we finally saw this offense clicking, this offense succeeding, this offense scoring touchdowns again. And it really just brought life back to this fan base, which is so refreshing. Um, And, you know, I'm as excited as ever to go to the game this weekend with Bryson. I cannot wait to see him walk out of that tunnel. Um, We finally might have a home field advantage once again. I've been at every home game this year and they've been really depressing sometimes with the amount of away fans are at those games. So it's good to have Cam back, excuse me, but you know, it's, you know, he's got to get to that playbook and hopefully he can get things under control. And I'm, I mean, I know Matt rules trying to hide it now, but it's clear that, He's more than likely going to be the starter this weekend, so that's exciting. But let's talk about some of the other elements games. I know Cam Newton's return kind of overshadowed a lot of that. Um, but let we talked about BJ a little bit, but let's talk about him because he set up a lot of things for Cam too. He had a really good game. I mean, this guy he find it was he has he's had two starts in the NFL. He's two and zero. Oh. In the NFL, he's five and zero in the XFL, so he's seven and zero as a professional athlete and a quarterback, and he really looked good. You know, him, him playing with Christian McCaffrey. I think this was his first game playing with Christian McCaffrey when he was healthy, and you know, PJ was slinging it. He he might have had that one interception and maybe that um, botched handoff to Hubbard. But otherwise, he looked – I mean, he was throwing that ball around. He was making the right reads, and he was spreading the ball around. It, w- it was really exciting to see. Yeah, he, he was getting the ball out quick, which one thing that I really, you know, I really thought was a change from Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold was looking at his first read, getting nervous, holding the ball, trying to escape the pocket sometimes, taking a sack, or forcing it, you know, into an interception. So it, it was refreshing to see PJ make a read, not there, next read, get the ball out quick. Um, 22 for 29, 167 yards. Uh, he had a 74.9 passer rating. Um, he got the job done. You know, he really did. Um, he had a big third down to Christian McCaffrey that uh, 
led to a Cam Newton touchdown um, in the red zone. Uh, without that pass to Christian, um, you know, that wouldn't happen. So, uh, and th- there was multiple times where he was, he stood in the pocket, uh, got, got the ball where it needed to go. And he took a huge, he took huge hits. Um, there's, you know, he, he, he was a man out there in that pocket taking hits. Um, I thought the offensive line played, played good, you know, um, as well as we can hope for, for this group of offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the defense, uh, the defense played lights out, man. I, you know, Shaq Thompson, ever since he changed his number, you know, I came in this season talking so much shit on Shaq Thompson. <laughs> I was like, this man's getting ready to be one of the highest paid linebackers in the league. Like we need to see something out of him. Like I'm tired of Shaq Thompson, not living up to the hype. And he's been like Luke Keekley esque this season. Like, taking over games on defense and yeah, uh, four tackles, a sack, two passes defensed and, uh, and two quarterback hits on uh Sunday. Like he was all over the field. He's sideline to sideline. He's playing fast. He's, I think that sack he had, I saw a, a statistic. It was like the fourth fastest sack of all, like ever recorded, like where he timed it perfectly got in the backfield, like right as he was handing it off or uh, play action into James Conner. Uh, it was crazy, man. It really was. And then Hassan Reddick, like, what a signing. Like, are you kidding me? Like Hassan Reddick is going to be. Role doesn't get enough credit for that one. No. He, role doesn't get enough credit. He knew. He knew what he had in Hassan Reddick, you know, because he was his college coach. And uh, he's going to be a pro bowler. He, he's leading the NFC in sacks right now. Uh, he's arguably one of the best, you know, defensive players we have. And just brings a different aspect to this team that we didn't have last year. Like someone who can consistently get to the quarterback. Like, Brian Burns gets pressures, but he doesn't really – it doesn't translate to a whole lot of sacks. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes Brian Burns can disappear. Like, you're like, where has Brian Burns been? Like, right. Like we, we haven't heard his name. Like, Hassan Reddick is in the backfield, like, damn near, like, every drive causing yeah. havoc. And, uh, and and he had that forced fumble uh, where uh, Morgan Fox picked it up and returned a couple yards. But, Oh, man, the defense with this Cam Newton-led offense is dangerous as hell. And I, if I was another team, this is the last team I would want to play with the energy and the defense and the offense that they're going to have with Joe Brady and Cam Newton running. Like, I would not want to see the Carolina Panthers in the playoffs. Yeah, it's insane to see Shaq Thompson not have to compensate for shitty play by Tahir Whitehead. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah, that's he it right there. He, he was getting – he was carrying that guy on his back while he played last year, mm-hmm. and it's good to see him flying around. J.J., Bryson brought it up a little bit. I wanted to talk to you about the offensive line because they've gotten a lot of flack this start of the season, and it looks like they might have found something these last couple weeks. They had they allowed no sacks in this game, and – I think Pat Elfline is the next center for the Carolina Panthers. He played well. I think Michael Jordan, the addition to him at guard, has been really good. What have you What have you seen from this offense line? Because they're they're looking like they can they can hold some guys. Well, if you go back and I hate and that's not penalties. Let me clarify. That's not penalties. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, so the offensive line when we signed um, Cam Irving and and, and Pat Elfline in the offseason, um, I remember tweeting that I believe that Pat Elfline was a better center than he was a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't recall this, but when Elfline was drafted by the Vikings, he was drafted to be the center, right? The next year, 
the Vikings were picking again and they went out and got another center. I think his name was like Bradbury or something like that. And they moved F-line to left guard. F-line didn't fare as well as a guard as he had, a, you know, as, as a rookie center. And, and then eventually he, you know, he was washed out. And I think, you know, he got picked up or traded to, I forget what happened, but he ended up on the Jets. He played more guard and he was underwhelming as a guard. But all I can remember thinking about when I saw his name was that F-line should be a center. So then we pick him up, you know, to be a guard. And I was concerned because I knew that he wasn't a good guard. And that's why I tweeted. I think he's actually a better center than a guard. And um, But considering where we were with Matt Paradis's contract, I think this is the last year of his deal. And we had um, F-line signed for, um, I think, at least two years. Um, I started thinking that maybe that's part of the, the plan is to basically graduate him to become a center um, in 2022. And so unfortunately, you know, for, for Paradis, he got hurt last game and, and you know, they, they weren't prepared to have F-line, you know, fill in that game. So they put in Tecklenburg. But I like F-line at center. You know, long story short, I like him at center. I think that's his natural position. I think he was actually an award winner or at least a finalist um, at Ohio State playing that position. Um, same thing for Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan uh, was a really good guard at Ohio State, I believe. And, and so um, he's actually panning out in a scheme that I think fits who he is, right? Um, and I think that goes uh, for a lot of guys at the NFL level. Um, even Dennis Daly, you know, who has struggled with injuries you know, for the first three years of his career, um, and this being the third season, I believe. I think Dennis Daly is a natural left tackle. He may not be like an all pro left tackle or pro bowl, you know, quality left tackle, but he played left tackle at South Carolina. That's his natural position. So when you put people in positions that they've played all their lives, they tend to play them better, right? And so now you have F-line playing his natural position. You have Dennis Daly out at left tackle playing his natural position. Um, you plug in Michael Jordan, um, you know, where he's able to be comfortable playing his position. And then you put in probably the most versatile guy on the line um, who is very underrated, and that's um, Trent Scott. Put him at right guard. And basically, he's plug and play. You can put Trent Scott at left tackle like they did last year. You can put him at right tackle if you need him. You can put him at either of the guard positions. And I think right what they have now may not be the best pass blocking unit that you could put together, but I think they're nasty, right? I think they're nasty. I think if we want to run the ball and, 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 and control the line of scrimmage, I think they're probably the nastiest five that we can that we can have. And Bryson, you mentioned a good point about PJ Walker. I think having a quarterback who doesn't sit back and take a long time to process, you know, the reads and hold the ball like Sam showed the tendency to do. Um, a guy like PJ Walker with a quick release, you know, who's processing quickly, getting through the reads quickly, that helps an offensive line. Um, so even if they're not the best pass blockers in the world, if your quarterback is getting the ball out quickly on time, then, you know, they're not going to get beat. Um, Sam really struggled. Um, the, the offensive line combination they had wasn't good. So, you know, that's not his fault. But when you combine that with a guy who is gun shy and hesitant, it's only going to make the offensive line jobs harder. Um, 
And so with PJ, PJ was quick, PJ was decisive. Um, I think that really helped this line out. And I think going forward, um, for Cam to have success as our starter, I think he's going to have to play a similar style um, behind this offensive line. He's going to have to be really quick processing and get the ball out really quick. Um, and I think we can have similar success to what we experienced on, on Sunday because, you know, the crazy part about um, the game they played on Sunday wasn't just that they performed well. They performed well with one of the top two, three units in football um, in, yeah. in the Arizona Cardinals. Exactly. And so it wasn't like they were out there playing against an average defense. They were playing one of the best defenses, an eight and one defense, mm -hmm. and 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 they kept the quarterbacks clean. So um, definitely excited about this group. I hope they can stay healthy because that's been the problem um, with our linemen this year. Um, you know, we people didn't talk about this that much. You know, I think it was mentioned in the couple cases that we lost Paradis and Irving, two starters. But since the beginning of the season, we've really lost three starters because we lost John Miller to IR. So, you know, we basically out there, you know, with two of the original five starters um, on the offensive line and, you know, being able to win games with three replacements is pretty unprecedented. So um, we do give, you know, these guys a lot of flack talking about the coaching staff. Uh, Pat Meyer has gotten some flack, you know, for not being able to, to, to really elevate guys, but considering the job that they did on Sunday, if they can keep this group of five guys together and they can continue to play as, as well as they did on Sunday, then I think we'll have to go back and, 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 and apologize to some of these um, coaches and these assistants, you know, for what they've been able to do with, you know, some unheralded guys. So I'm excited, you know, long story short, I'm excited. I want them to continue and I want, you know, that five to stay healthy you know, for the remainder of the season for our quarterbacks sake. Yeah, Dennis Daly got injured in this last game, and Brady Christensen came in, and he played. He looked pretty good at the yeah. snaps he got at left tackle. So if he starts to come on, I mean, the Carolina could have come away in this draft with, you know, two two starters because it seems like Michael Jordan's going to be here a while. That Brady Christensen could come into his own at left tackle. Yeah, and I that, mean, that's and, and, Honestly, that's what I've been wanting the whole year. I, I really want Brady Christensen to become that guy. Mm -hmm. Much like I said about um, Dennis Daly being a natural left tackle. No, Brady Christensen was like the top rated left tackle in terms of pass blocking last year by PFF. And I know a lot of people don't like PFF. Um, but I still pay attention to, you know, their grading system. And, and Brady Christensen, if that's his natural position, you know, don't make him a guard. Don't make him a right tackle. You know, like, let him play left tackle. And, you know, at worst, he could be your backup left tackle, but I want him playing the position that he's good at playing. And, you know, like you said, I didn't realize that until after the game. Um, I saw somebody break down, you know, the, the grading for the offensive line, and I saw that they had it split between Daly and Christensen. Um, I didn't realize that Daly had gotten hurt. I thought they might have just rotated Christensen in. But, but no, I was, I was pleased at his grade. And, um, and honestly, of – the, the prospects that we have at left tackle. I'm most excited about great, um, Brady Christensen. One, because I think he's probably the most talented at that position. And two, because he's a rookie. And if he's good, then we got him for at least the next three seasons after this season um, at a low cost. So that would be the most optimal situation for, for the Panthers. Yeah, and I just wanted to piggyback something off, off of something that you said, JJ, about the Cardinals, because, you know, they were without Kyler Murray. They were without DeAndre Hopkins. But 
nobody picked the Carolina Panthers to win this game in the national media and locally. Nobody thought the Panthers were going to win this game um, before going into it. Right. Uh, this is this was still a top five defense statistically in the league. Um, they just demolished the 49ers the week before, who just demolished the Rams right. on Monday. Um, the 49ers aren't a bad team. Um, right. Colt, Colt McCoy looked legit versus a 49ers defense that is legit. Yeah. And um, I think people uh, – for some reason, people always want to try to find a a problem with, with Carolina wins. Like, oh, you you beat the Texans. You beat the, the Saints after an emotional uh, Monday night win over the Packers or whatever. Like, Carolina – I feel Carolina doesn't ever get the credit they deserve, and I think it's because they're a small market team and people don't want to give Cam Newton credit for being Cam Newton and people don't want to give Matt Rule credit for coaching a good game or whatever, but – um, Carolina dominated a very good team, even without those two players. And, you know, that, that's what kind of just gives me so much hope because I know like the next two opponents we play are not even close to the level of the Cardinals with Colt McCoy. Uh, the Falcons aren't, um, and, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to transition into a little bit. Uh, just unless you had something else about the game, Curtis, uh, about that game. Yeah, I wanted to ask one more thing. Sorry. Okay, okay no, go ahead. Go ahead. Joe Brady gets a lot of flack. <laughs> okay, and that's among uh, many Panthers fans on Twitter specifically. I'm one of them. I'm sorry. Does <laughs> he uh, – and, man, this is for you then. Does he deserve the hate or the blame for the shit – or is it the shitty QB play he's been dealing with the past two seasons with Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold. So, are you ready for me to answer? Yeah, I'm ready. Go for ahead, big man. Okay, so I think it was Bryson who came out and asked that same question on Twitter. Yep. And I was like, "Hold on, player." You know, <laughs> like, you know, and 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 so this is how I feel about Joe Brady, right? Joe Brady basically runs an offense. Um, you know that's almost the same as the New Orleans Saints offense, right? And, you know, basically that's where he learned this offensive um, scheme at, and he took that to the college level, and it was really successful. You know, they set records down at LSU running this offense, and it's um, something that I learned, you know, over the weekend um, was that, well, it was really last weekend. I was hearing the NFL analysts break Joe Brady down, and and his offense is, is set up to – to identify one-on-one matchups and take advantage of it, right? And they did it um, to the most optimal level at LSU, and they had freakish wide receivers and a running back, you know, to totally exploit one-on-ones, right? Yeah, Justin Jefferson, um, Jamar Chase, um, Terrence Marshall Jr., um, Claude Edwards-Alaire, they could do that at the college level. Then he comes to the NFL, and he gets Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, um, Robbie Anderson, um, and then only three games of Christian McCaffrey, right? And so he wasn't able to exploit the one-on-one matchups that he was able to get in college. And plus, he's at the NFL level now where you have defensive coordinators who know that's what you're trying to do to them because they played against probably one of the best play callers, even though people hate him, um, and Sean Payton, right? You know, Sean Payton is a great offensive mind running that same offense. Well, if they've been training to stop this offense for the last 15 seasons against the Saints, 
then surely they can stop a novice trying to call plays in that same offensive scheme, right? Um, he can't throw them something that they've never seen. And I think Joe Brady, his struggles have been just lacking, one, the experience to know how to call plays situationally. I think we've seen that going back to last year, um, you know, starting back with the first game of last season where, you know, the game is within reach of, of winning. We're going on the last drive. And he basically called two run plays to end the game, right? First game he's ever coached, you know, so you give that a pass. But I think there were other situations where I think Joe Brady left a lot to be desired. But last year is last year. Enter this year. I think Joe Brady did make some strides when it came to um, play calling in the red zone. I, we've seen some creativity in the red zone, whether it was the the read options with um, with Sam Donald early. Uh, I remember seeing the reverse with with Trimble. That's something that we haven't seen before. And there was a pass play that they deployed um, where they basically ran like Kristen McCaffrey on the route. They ran Robbie Anderson on the route. And it cleared out a wide open pass in the end zone for Tommy Trumbull. And I was like, man, you know, Joe Brady's in this bag. And so I always try to make sure that I give him credit when I see something truly innovative. But the reality is, man, like you're basically like a 29, 30 year old dude, right? Um, who is being touted as like this offensive genius, right? Every week we see different offenses around the league do all this creative misdirection, jet sweep, you know, fake jet reverse, all these different things that, you know, that they do, you know, to, to, to convert third downs to, to, to score touchdowns. And honestly, for me, I was like, I'm not getting that from Joe Brady, right? And, and if I got one of the youngest minds in the league, then I'm going to see like more innovation than some of the older offensive coordinators and play callers in the NFL. I think Joe should bring that. And to me, he hasn't brought that. Um, again, I give him credit because I think his red zone designs have been better. I think his overall um, play calling. But, but can, hold on, let me jump in here. Can you really do that, though, with uh, Lane Duck quarterback like Sam Darnold? Like, l literally, like seriously. I was, like I was, I was getting to that, you know, so – that's part of the deal, right? You know, I've seen I've seen great play callers take average quarterbacks and and make them look like they're above average, right? We've seen um, Kyle Shanahan do that, you know, with Jimmy Jared Garoppolo. Yep. We've seen um, McVay do that with Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and even the guy they brought in to replace Jared Goff last year actually looked really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, I think his name was like Wofford or Swafford, whatever his name is the backup, you know, in LA made them look really good. And when they get guys who are really talented, they make them look like MVPs. Right. And so the way they talked about Joe Brady, it made you think that he was like the next McVay Shanahan type guy. And I don't think he is right. I think he's really just a, a Sean Payton, you know, without the Sean Payton experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he'd ever be Sean Payton in terms of a play caller. But the cool thing about him is that he's young. Um, he has time to grow. And then now, finally, he gets a quarterback who can do things that his other quarterbacks aren't able to do or weren't able to do. 
And so now he gets a chance to, to, to not have to be such a great play caller. He can play like in the, in the red zone. Look, man, like we can basically go unbalanced and go heavy and, and, and let your guys line up against our guys. And we're going to bet you that you can't stop our big guy in Cam Newton. Right. Mm -hmm. That's something he's never been able to do. I mean, I will give credit to Sam. Sam is a really good runner, better than, you know, better than we knew. Right. We had some flashes with the Jets and they use him that way. So that's, that's, that's the thing I give Joe Brady credit for. Um, what I want to see out of Joe Brady before I say um, that we've been too harsh on him is to get more creative with the weapons that he has, you know, like from, you know, between the twenties, honestly, um, we talked about Vincent Richardson before we started recording. You know, Vincent is a is a one of my one of my friends, and he's my co-host on Scouting the Culture. And when we weren't recording, you know, we would often talk about you know how we could better utilize some of our players on the team. And you know, and the, and the person that we talk about a lot is Christian McCaffrey, right? Mm. Um, one thing that that Vincent mentioned to me is that we don't use Christian in the most effective ways. You know, starting Christian out in the backfield gives the defense too much opportunity to react to him. And sometimes he still makes them look crazy like he did on the Texas route on, on, on Sunday, right? But if you move Christian actually out to the wide receiver position, like he's totally operating in space and he's going to make these defenses that face us have to widen out and go out there and have to try to figure out how to, how to like you put Christian on the wide hash of your of your offensive alignment, and you put a linebacker out there on him, and you're gonna you know run a screen or run some type of option route with him as a running back. There's not a, a linebacker in the NFL who can cover him. Christian has elite feet, right? And so I want Joe Brady to figure out. Okay, we do have this guy in Christian McCaffrey, who's our best and most versatile offensive weapon. I would think that he has grown when he can figure out how to use Christian McCaffrey more to his advantage and not just as a running back, actually as a wide receiver. Like we see the Falcons even using Cordarrelle Patterson as a, as a multidimensional weapon. They actually line him up at wide receiver. Um, we saw a running back. Who Was that the game we were watching last night? Um, yeah, Debo. Debo Samuel, right? Guy that's built a lot like Christian McCaffrey naturally. Um, Christian's a better running back than Debo could ever be. But the way they use Debo, like they use Debo in reverse, right? They, they, he's a wide receiver who they can put into the backfield and they can run running plays with them. Mm. Like I would like to see Christian have a healthy amount of wide receiver routes um, and actually have another guy in the backfield because I think that would really put a lot of um, defenses in conflict. And I think Joe has to figure out how to adapt his offensive scheme that he's basically made his brand with and expand it to do more things than he's accustomed to doing. And I think at this point in his, in his career, um, halfway through year two, it's time for us to see an expansion of what the Joe Brady offense looks like. Because I think, honestly, um, Sam Donald started looking bad, right? You know, had, he, had a, he came out the gate strong. You know, we went 3-0. Um, he actually didn't look horrible against Dallas, but I think the Dallas game revealed to the other defensive coordinators just who Sam Donald can be in this Joe Brady offense, right? 
And I think Joe Brady did Sam Donald an injustice by not expanding the offense once the defensive coordinators had film on what Sam Donald looked like in his offense. I think that's when a good coordinator goes deeper in their bag and says, okay, I know that they're looking for us to do this. Let's switch it up and do that, right? It was hard because we didn't have Christian uh, to expand the, 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 the play calling with. But I think regardless of who you have, I think if your offensive coordinator has um, a real identity as a play caller, then he's going to call those plays, um, you know, regardless. And, you know, and even if they fail, you know, that's who he's going to be. Like it was really disheartening to me to hear Matt Rule a couple of weeks ago say we have to figure out who we are on offense. Right. Because then I was like, that's when I kind of started losing um, like real confidence because I was like, man, you can't have that in this NFL. You can't have a coach who gets in front of the microphones and say, we don't have an identity. Every good team has an identity on offense. Right. Whether it's a great offense or, you know, or just an average offense, you know what they want to do. You know, we were going into the Atlanta game. You know, basically, oh, it's really the Giants game, you know, telling folks, hey, look, we're going to come out and we're going to run the ball, you know, you know, 50 times or whatever. And and I remember hearing Logan Ryan saying after they beat us, it's like, yeah, we saw that press conference and we were not going to let you do that to us. Right. And so I was like, dang, you know, we out here express mailing what our uh, strategy is going to be. Like we can't deviate from it. We can't even be um, <laughs> we can't even be sneaky about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, everybody knows exactly what we're going to do. And so um, I think getting Cam back, you know, it does give us something else that we can do. But I want to see Joe take a look at who he has in Cam Newton and adjust who he is to who our quarterback is, because it's really different now, right? Um, and I think Joe has an opportunity to really redeem himself um, a lot by showing his ability to adapt to Cam. I heard Matt Rule saying that we're going to continue to run the plays and call the plays that we've always called, that Cam is going to have to come in and kind of fit within that. I don't think that's really the best approach because you have a guy who's a unicorn, right? And even if he's not 24, 25 years old, you know, um, anymore, you still have a guy who's the most unique guy in the NFL. He's 6'5", 245 pounds. Obviously, he still has the ability to stiff arm people at the, you know, at the goal line and run through people, but he also can still throw. Um, he's going to be a dual threat whenever he lines up on the field. So now, Joe Brady, you now have the most dangerous weapon that you've ever coached in your life. And I'm talking about Joe Burrow too, right? Mm -hmm. You have the most freakish guy that you've ever had the ability to coach. I want to see you adjust your coaching style to fit Cam Newton so you can take full advantage of who he is. If he does that, I will publicly go out and say, Joe Brady, you my dog. And, and I hope, that he can do that so I can get out there and say that. And I would tag him in the tweet and say, man, you the man. I hope you go out there and get you a great coaching job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I want to see from Joe Brady. I want to see him 
adjust. Like people, people are putting it all on Cam Newton to come in and learn the playbook, right? You know, like, oh, you know, we need Cam Newton to come in and learn the playbook, you know, so he can be effective and, you know, and, and you know, people don't, we don't want Cam to look bad, right? And so I don't think that should all be on Cam Newton. I think some of it should be on Joe Brady doing the work too and saying, okay, Cam, meet me in the middle. I need you to do certain things because these are things we like to do with Christian and these are things we like to do with DJ. And so we're going to need you to make certain throws and, you know, in certain situations to be able to, to identify certain things and make these, make these calls. But to reward you for that, what do you like to do? So let's put some of the, like when you were playing in New England, let's look at some of the film of some of your favorite plays. You know, what was that alignment? Like who was the personnel? Who do we have on the team that looks like that? Now, honestly, just like you mentioned before, Bryson, this set of offensive skill players is head and shoulders above what Cam Newton had in, in, in New England last year. So if Cam has certain looks and certain alignments and certain plays that he likes, and he can replace, um, what's my man's name? I don't, I didn't really track their players they had up there, but you know, like um, Jacoby Myers and yeah, Ken, yeah, uh, that guy. If he can replace yeah. that guy with DJ Moore and and the other guy that they had Harry, with the yeah. bird with with Robbie Anderson and yep. and uh, Asasi or whoever the tight end was back then, you know, with 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 Tremble or, or Thomas, <clears throat> we have better players here than he had last year. The running back position is better. Both receiver positions is better. Um, the tight end uh, group here is better, even though we don't have great tight ends still. We have better skill players. So ask Cam what he liked to do. What did he feel most confident doing in New England? Make him run some of your stuff, but give him some of his stuff. And, and because honestly, when you look at Tom Brady, you know, different type of guy altogether. But I remember when Tom Brady first went to um, to Tampa last year, Bruce Arians has a style. He has an offensive scheme. And I remember them trying to make Tom Brady fit within that. And Tom Brady really started out the, out the gates kind of slow. Tom went and asked them, hey, look, man, let me run some of these, these running back routes that we used to run in New England, right? Um, he started throwing some of that short stuff. He got, you know, Gronk involved in the, in the, in the, in the, um, in the tight end game and, and he was able to implement things that he was comfortable doing. When they start letting Tom do what he wanted to do, more so than what Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich wanted to do in their offense, Tom Brady started playing better. Um, I want to see Joe Brady allow for Cam Newton to do some of the things that he likes to do. And, yeah. um, and when I see him make that adjustment, I'm telling you, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to say, Joe Brady, you might have. Yeah, that, I think that's fair. Um... But to go back to, to what you're talking about with Christian McCaffrey and lining him up at receiver and um, the trick plays and stuff, I just don't think that this coaching staff um, in regards to the Christian McCaffrey alignment to wide receiver trusts the offensive line enough to not have a running back in the backfield if it's not a running play um, because they, they need that extra protection for the quarterback because the offensive line, I mean, statistically is one of the worst in the NFL. Like uh, you can't really um, look around that and then – um, with the trick plays, I, I don't think that Joe Brady has trusted Sam Darnold enough to to do some of that trickery stuff because he's barely he's barely operating the, the most basic offense. Um, like he's barely doing that. Um, and yeah. I, I think that they're just they were kind of stuck where they were with, with with Sam Darnold and they knew what he could do and they knew what he couldn't do. And um, 
he can't do a lot <laughs> is what we found out. Um, but I mean, if you, if you go back and you look at the game after game after game, like when I think of Joe Brady, I, I don't think of him as a, as a Sean McVay or a Kyle Shanahan. I think of them more as, as more of like quarterback whispers. I think of, I think of Joe Brady as more of a wide receiver whisperer. So I think Joe Brady specializes in getting wide receivers open. And yeah. if you go back and you look at game after game, after game, after game, wide receivers are open. They are open a lot, like, like a lot of the time. And, right. and Sam Darnold just wasn't seeing it. And, and, or he wasn't throwing it or whatever Sam Darnold was doing, making the wrong read. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, get, getting Cam, uh, a quarterback that obviously can throw the ball still. I mean, we saw like the 40 yard bomb he had to DJ with that um, was pass interference. It, that may have been a little underthrown, but I don't think it was because of, you know, he can't do it. It was just, he's probably a little rusty. Like he's been on the couch for a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Let's give him a little bit to, to get in the groove of things, but. Um, a quarterback that understands offense can, can run an offense, can make reads, can throw the ball. Um, and then like, just, just like the little bit that we saw on Sunday where, you know, they had the run, um, the typical Cam Newton run to, to, to the edge. And then they had the, it was like kind of like a fake run. And then it was a, the pass to Robbie because yeah. uh, it was like a read for Cam. Like he saw the cornerbacks back was facing towards him. So he yeah. knew if he could get the ball to Robbie, it was going to be a touchdown. And, yeah. and he did. I mean, it was it was on point. It was a pass that Sam Darnold couldn't have made. It was a pass that Teddy Bridgewater couldn't have made. Right. Um, and, and Cam Newton showed you right there that he has the ability to do uh, to do things that Joe Brady hasn't had um, to coach, um, you know, in a long time since Joe Burrow in college. So uh, I, I think I think Joe Brady and Cam Newton are going to be a deadly combo together. Um, I think Joe Brady is is, is going to show a lot of people. Um, why there was hype around him, um, so much hype around him coming in, and um, why he's probably going to get a head coaching job after this season, um, maybe in college, maybe in uh, I don't probably not in the NFL, but I, I could see him going back to LSU because they do have the opening there. Oh, that's, yeah. pro- that's probably his dream job. But well, let me um, ask you this question then, um, you know, on that to that point, because like right now, you know, up until this point, up until Cam coming back, I really thought that that Joe Burrow's stock was sliding, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was probably due to, you know, to the to the poor um, quarterback play. Um, but, you know, when you're out there, you know, scoring three points, you know, you're out there scoring six points in the game, you know, then people start to doubt if you can actually coach offensive football, don't matter who the quarterback is, right? Yeah. So Cam comes in. Um, they mess well. You know, we're rocking and rolling. Uh, Cam's looking great. Joe Brady is a, a great play caller again. Um, going into going into you know 2022, like what do you think about the the offensive identity moving forward? You know because Joe Brady's probably going to get a coaching opportunity at the college level or the or the pro level. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we take a step back offensively if we lose Joe Brady if we still have Cam, um, or do you think having Cam? And you know his 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 veteran savvy, his experience. Do you think that's going to help the offense continue to to sustain or move forward, even without Joe Brady? What's your take on that? Yeah, um, I think the Panthers have a very underrated coach on their roster that doesn't get doesn't get talked about a lot because you know he's really not out in the public as much. Um, mm-hmm. And Sean Ryan, uh, right. the quarterbacks coach. Uh, Sean Ryan has has coached some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, 
he's been around the game for a long time. And I think that if Joe Brady were to move on, uh, Sean Ryan's, you know, been here for this season. Uh, he's, he's, he's been under Joe Brady's offense. He knows what it, what, what it consists of and how to run it. Um, I think he gets promoted to offensive coordinator because I think Matt Rule likes Sean Ryan a lot as well. And I, I really, and with a quarterback like Cam Newton, um, who could probably call the plays himself uh, out there, uh, I think that I have a hard time seeing losing Joe Brady, um, this team taking a step back just because Joe Brady's been here. Sean Ryan has learned. Um, Cam Newton will learn um, what a Joe Brady offense looks like. And I think that they just – they pretty much have a seamless transition from Sean Ryan – uh, from Joe Brady to Sean Ryan, if he does leave, which, you know, it, it's, it's not a hundred percent certainty that Joe Brady is gone after this year. Um, right. But I, I think it's probably a high possibility, but it's not, you know, a 100% certainty. So, yeah. um, so I, I think Sean Ryan is more than capable of coaching, uh, being an offensive coordinator in this league. And um, we will get to see that if, if Joe Brady does leave, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think it would, if they can't continue the same offensive scheme, it'll be a setback because anytime you lose a coordinator and try to learn a whole new offense, you're, I mean, there's going to be growing pains. So I think in that respect, I think there might be some time to learn another offense and, you know, get the wheels running again. Um, if you want to say that, um, but going back to Joe Brady, I, a lot, a lot of what Bryson says, kind of how I feel. I feel like he was held back this year by Sam Darnold. Um, I thought he struggled at times uh, with Teddy Bridgewater and I and a lot of people. And I was in that boat of he needed to make improvements this year um, as an offense coordinator, and I thought he did. It's just when you don't have a quarterback that can't execute, it's hard to see. Um, results on the field and that's points and you know things like that you did bring up a good point though JJ um you know with Matt Matt Rule saying this year you know what is our identity I feel like that is a valid point and I think sometimes you know Joe Brady needed a talking from Matt Rule to say hey we need to run the ball more like mm -hmm. this is kind of how this offense needs to be run right now um, because our quarterback is not making the plays. So we need to build this offense around a good running back. We paid a running back. We need to make it happen. Um, so I feel like that was a little bit of a growing pain this year um, with Joe. But I think the throwing plays and the pass plays are there. He, This team just needs a quarterback who can make those plays. And I think we saw a glimpse of that with P.J. last week. I mean, mm -hmm. he was he was slinging the ball. Um, and, you know, I think – the creativity will come along with it. I thought we got some glimpses of that with Sam, you know, no one expected Sam to have five, six, seven touchdown runs this year. And that was a little credit to Joe Brady, you know, dialing up some things that he saw from Sam as, you know, him as a running quarterback and running out of the pocket and, you know, you know, getting into the end zone. So I think that's a little bit of credit to Joe. And you talked about it too, JJ, a little bit, um, it kind of resembled the Chiefs play where it's the fake handoff and you pitch it inside to the tight end. Mm -hmm. I think you'll you'll see a little bit more creativity there um, w with you know a, a good quarterback in Cam Newton. I think I think we should see that and we should expect to see that going forward. Hey, let me let me let me let me interject right there. I want to give Joe Brady credit for 
what I thought was one of his best play calls of the year or of his career. That Chuba Hubbard run, you know, where that, you know, where they were running like they were going to do the, the shovel pass behind him. Man, I was watching that play real time. And I was like, oh, my God, like he's that wide open. Like he could have walked into the end zone. Oh, yeah. And and then I was wondering, like, how did he fake out everybody so well, even me as a as a viewer? How did he fake us out? And when they went back and showed the replay, it was because I think it was like DJ Moore or somebody who was running the shovel route underneath. And he had frozen the linebackers and everybody. And Chuba Hubbard was just running out there by himself. And I was like, okay, that was legit. Mm-hmm. You know? And so those are the type of plays that I'm looking forward to seeing. And I heard them say after the game, um, and I forget it with, if it was, I guess it was Matt, because I don't think we've heard Joe Brady talk yet, have we? Um, He's had a couple press conferences. I mean, has he talked since the Cam game? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. But They usually remember. talk Thursday, I think it is. Yeah. And so I think Matt was the one who said that we basically ran the same plays um, with Cam that we had with, with PJ. We didn't run anything new that was specific for Cam. Basically, everything that we ran with Cam, we could have ran with PJ. And that play to me, you know, to Chuba, was a play that I could see them really trying with Cam because of the optionality he gives you as a running threat too. You know, that, that, that basically read option fake shovel situation, you know, those plays are going to like, are going to, you know, break some games open with Cam at, at quarterback. And so, um, you know, it, it was, it's, it's really interesting to see again, how Joe Brady um, adjusts, you know, or how he gets Cam Newton to adjust to what he wants to do. Um, but I want to see it work, right. You know, you know, we all talk crap about people, um, you know, some more than others. And I give Joe a hard time because I really felt like, you know, other people got crapped on, you know, when he was struggling, right? Like you said, Curtis. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a Panthers fan, right? So Joe Brady's my offensive coordinator. I want to see Joe Brady be that guy. I want to be proud of having Joe Brady as my offensive play call. Oh, yeah. But, you know, usually you can't do that until you start producing points and beating teams and 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 so you know there were times in Atlanta you know when they made their run where everybody was talking about um Kyle Shanahan right that's how I want to talk about Joe Brady and so um a good finish to the season you know would give us that excitement he has time to to you know I won't even say redeem himself because like you said maybe he was being held back but he has time to establish himself as a legit NFL offensive play caller. And, and and honestly, and being fair to him, this is just his second year as an offensive coordinator at any level, right? Yeah. Like, seriously. So, you know, he should be afforded the time to grow. Um, the thing that makes it hard for people like Joe Brady and anybody who is brought into a situation with a lot of hype is that criticism comes quick, right? Because you have these high expectations that may have been unwarranted, right? And so now, you know, instead of letting him, you know, mature and grow naturally, you know, his clock, you know, is, 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 is running double time. And so realistically, this is about the time he should be coming into his own. But then you look at a guy like that, it's like, dude, you know, like you got your like third starting quarterback in a year and a half. Right. Yeah, and crazy. so so let's give him time 
with Cam. Obviously, Cam is the most talented, the most experienced, the most dynamic quarterback he's ever had. So let's see him operate with a good quarterback, and then we'll be able to to say who he is and who he isn't. And he has, I mean, he he can do it, man. And I and I hope that he does. I hope for all of our sakes um, that that he shows that he is that type of guy. Yeah, I think that's fair, and and I'm I'm excited excited to see what what they can do together. Um, one other player I wanted to mention before I move on from the game, because uh, I I do have a question for you guys uh, separate from the game. But um, h- how about our kicker Zane Gonzalez? Man, he he, he hasn't missed a kick um, in his last six games. He's sixteen for sixteen. Uh, he hasn't missed a PAT. Um, he has literally been the definition of consistency at a position where. Carolina has struggled for a long time. Um, Zane Gonzalez comes in and just plays like nobody expected him to play. Like nobody expected him to be as good as he has been. And and I feel like every time he steps up to kick the ball, I I just feel like he's going in. Like I I don't feel like he's going to miss. And I haven't felt like that in a long time. Joey Sly literally gave me PTSD uh, from, from missing so many kicks and PATs. So, um, shout out to, to Zane Gonzalez and, and even the punter, uh, Lachlan Edwards. Uh, I mean, they cut Charlton today. So um, if that doesn't say uh, how well he's been doing, then, yeah. I, then I don't know what else does. But um, moving on from from that, we got to we got to got to get going here. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys. So so the schedule coming up, obviously, we got the Washington football team this week. We got the Dolphins and we go on by. Then we got the Falcons. Then we got the uh Bucks, this is prediction then, time. And then we got the Bucks, then Saints, then Bucks. Um, we have the Bills in there too, though. Oh yeah, where's, where's, I'm sorry. Where's... I'm sorry. The Bills, then, uh, then the Saints, then the Bucks uh, is how it goes. Okay. So, uh, one thing that I kind of forgot about that I thought about earlier today was J.C. Horn's going to be coming back sometime soon, um, probably closer to the end of this of the year. Um, especially, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we, if we do make a playoff push, um, I have very high, uh, hopes and I have very high expectations for this team as of right now. Um, I think that this team can fight to, to not only be a playoff contender, but to win the, the NFC South because the Bucks have been struggling. Tom Brady hasn't looked great the past couple of weeks. Um, I think the Panthers are the most complete team in the NFC South right now with Cam Newton at quarterback. And I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on um, what is your overall outlook and do you see the Panthers, like, being a playoff contender? I'll go. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I honestly expect to make the playoffs. I'm an optimistic guy um, anyway, but I kind of look at it like this, right? I And I, I did this even when Sam Donald was the quarterback. I looked at our schedule. And I looked at the teams we were facing, and I know that we have a, a really good defense, right? So I don't think that we'll play any team that has a better defense than us on the schedule, except for maybe the Bills game, right? So then I look at the game, and I look at who the opposing quarterback is. And if I can put my quarterback up against that quarterback and believe my quarterback is better than that quarterback, or at least even to that quarterback, then I predict the win, right? So I believe Cam Newton is better than Tyler Heineken. That's a W, right? Our defense is better than theirs. 
and our quarterback should be able to generate more points than him. And I'm not taking anything away from from uh, from Taylor. He was a great backup, you know, for us when we had him, you know, whatever. He's not Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And their defense isn't our defense. So I expect to win in Washington. I expect to go down to Miami the next, the next week. Cam Newton is better than Tua, and our defense is better than Miami's, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like Tua as a young prospect. Some people are really hard on him. He's not Cam Newton yet, and, and, and they don't have the weapons we have. Mm-hmm. I expect, And they don't have an offensive line to protect Tua. Yeah, the worst in the league. Yeah, they're worst in the league. And we have the best pass rush in the league. So I expect to go down there and handle business, beat Miami. That puts us at what, seven and five, right? Mm-hmm. We beat Atlanta in Atlanta with Sam Donald. Yeah. Without throwing the football. <laughs> yeah. And Atlanta may not have um, their best weapon um, with their top two weapons. And and um and 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 what's the uh, quarter out Patterson? Calvin and they're Ridley. already without Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. So I think we can handle Atlanta at home, mm-hmm. right? That's eight and five. Mm-hmm. So the games remaining after that will be um the the Bills, mm-hmm. the Saints, and the Bucks twice, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm tracking that correctly. Yep. When I saw Washington beat the Bucks, I was like, oh, maybe we can beat the Bucks, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so when I when you know, the Bills, I think, honestly, as a total team, I think that's the stiffest challenge we have left on the schedule. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the Bucks, obviously. I, I still respect the Bucks, but they they're hurting on on defense right now. Mm-hmm. Um if I was Phil Snow, I would look at whatever Ron Rivera did with Tom Brady and, and try to do that with more talent um, and, and see if we can split with Tampa. If we can split with Tampa, right, I think we can handle New Orleans um, again. And it, how crazy would it be to sweep New Orleans? You know, so, you know, if we can handle New Orleans again, bro, like I really think, and I, I think we have the potential to go um, 11 and five, right? I mean, obviously that's winning the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, I think, you know, we can be 10 and 10 and 10 and seven. And, and, um, and if we 10 and seven, I think 10 and seven is good enough. So, yeah. I, I mean, if I was predicting our record, um, and, and, and trying to be as objective <clears throat> as possible, things going wrong, I think we go five and two for the rest of the way. And that's 10 and 7. And I think 10 and 7 is good enough for um, the seventh spot. All right, and, Curtis. And nobody wants to play us in no. the playoffs. Nobody. You're right. I, fir- I first want to say going into this year, I had no expectation that this team would make the playoffs. Didn't believe it, didn't see it, did not expect it at all. Um, things have changed. Things have changed. There's number one at quarterback now. Um, but going off of that, I'm not. I'm. I'm not a big fan of predicting way out. Um, I will say this. I think the key to getting in the playoffs is nine wins. I think that. I think the seventh wild card spot's going to need nine. 
the way these other teams are playing that are around that spot. Carolina currently holds the seventh spot, but you got teams like Minnesota they lost to, San Fran, Atlanta they beat already once, and then Philadelphia who they lost to. So those are the th- those are the four or five teams you can't you can't forget about the Seattle Seahawks. They're always in the mix. So I think nine's going to be the number. Um, but I want to see if Carolina can string together some some consistency here. Yeah, and I'm not comfortable with making predictions until that happens. I think they need to consistently win games again for this team, to, for me to truly believe in them making a playoff run or even making the playoffs. Um, I think there's a good shot, but I'm just not I, – I, I'm not at the point to say they're going to make a deep playoff run or even make the playoffs. I think they have a really good chance, but I would like them to string together some wins here. Um, so we'll see. I think, I think Cam's the guy to do it. I think he, again, we know his energy. I think, I think there's a really good chance. They got some easy get winnable games these next couple of weeks that they need to win. Like they can't, they can't lose this weekend. They can't lose to Miami. Um, they really can't lose to Atlanta either. And sweeping a team in the division is not easy, no matter who the hell you're playing. So those three games, I think, are must wins. And then from there, it's kind of a crapshoot. If they can pull off – again, I think nine is the magic number. So if they can pull off one of those wins um, versus Tampa Bay, um, the Saints again, and Buffalo, I think they have a really good shot of making the playoffs. But, again, I, I want to see the consistency out of this team and it, it all starts this weekend. That's kind of where I'm at. But I'm excited. I, there's definitely a renewed sense of energy. And, you know, I had, again, had no expectation of this team making the playoffs here. And I think they have a pretty good chance. Because, like Matt Rule said, there's a lot of teams in that five to f- five and five, five and four, four and five, three and six type area where they have a really good shot of making a wild card. And, Hats off to the NFL for uh, creating that extra spot because that really <laughs> that really helps them out. Yeah, and I, I, like JJ said, and like I said, if they get in the playoffs, there is not one team that's going to want to see the Carolina Panthers on their schedule um, to open it up a wild card. Anything weekend. can happen, man. Anything and, can happen. Yeah, they they have a they have a championship caliber defense. They would get they'd be getting JC Horn back. Um, they already have, in my opinion, the best cornerback room in the NFL you add JC Horn to that mix um they're getting healthy like towards the end of the season which is really weird like for the most part like getting Justin Burst back getting Miles Hartsfield back getting um I mean knock on wood we haven't had too many like serious injuries um offensive line's been banged up pretty bad but other than that like nothing too bad uh like as of right now if playoffs started today we'd be playing the Cardinals again and um, like I, like I saw earlier today, I retweeted it. a Cardinals fan, like quote tweeted it and said, and like in all caps, like, no, with like the crying faces because no Cardinals fan wants to see the Carolina Panthers because going back to even like last season, we had Kyle Allen and, uh, Kyle, like we just beat the Cardinals. Like every time we play and we beat them, like it's yeah, just Kyle, Kyle Allen set like, you know, those records against him, yeah. you know, against them at four touchdowns and Chris McCaffrey ran crazy. We beat them last year with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and so, honestly, Phil Snow 
is really familiar with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, he's mentioned that. And I don't think there's anything that Cliff can throw at Phil Snow that Phil Snow isn't ready for. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just have, you know, a guy's number. Uh-huh. And even if Kyler Murray would have been playing, the, the score might not have been so disparate, but I think we still beat them. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I do, yeah. too. And so, you know, so, I, I mean, so Arizona was the top team in the NFC going into the weekend, and we handled them. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly. Carolina is their big brother. Let's be yeah. real here. So if, if there's a team in the NFC that I'm truly afraid of, if we can get into the playoffs, the only team that – and I'm not even afraid of them is is – I think Green Bay at that point would be probably the most complete team, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you have to go to Lambeau in January, that's a, you know that can be a scary situation. It might be eight degrees out there, you know. So, so I wouldn't want you know to have to travel to Lambeau to see those guys. But after seeing the Rams last night, beatable. You know, after seeing Arizona Cardinals, beatable. And after those, and then. You know, we'll see how we stack up against the Bucs when we see them twice, right? Mm-hmm. And so those are the top three teams in the NFC to me. Um, the only wild card right now that 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 I don't really know about, you know, is is Green Bay and how we would rack and stack against them if we have to face them in the playoffs. But we're going to get to see how we look against Tampa. And, um, and I don't think the Saints could beat us, right, yeah. um, in that situation. So, man, I'm, I'm – I, if, if we can string together three, these three wins in a row, and that'll be four in a row, um, I would feel really good going in, um, you know, to that, to that last four at eight and five. If we can just get two more out of those last four, I would feel really good about going into the playoffs and playing anybody they put in front of us. And what's and- crazy is, what's crazy is a week ago, I saw guys on Twitter looking at uh, the NFL draft 2022. Yep. And now this week we're talking playoffs already. It is a crazy world in the NFL and how this yep. thing is turned around in one week. And, and I was one of those guys that was uh, like on the podcast last, uh, last week, I said, I'm, I'm, I've given up on the season. I have no hope. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that they're going to win a lot of games. And um, you know, I was looking forward to the draft. Like, yeah. like give me Malik Willis. Like I'm, I'm ready, but uh but yeah, I think going into that Bucks game, um, the Panthers defense is going to be the best defense that Tom Brady has faced all year, and Tom Brady has not looked good. I don't know, you know, I I still respect and and I have, I I just know that they're they're still going to be good. Like I, they're just yeah. playing bad. Um, their defense is is really bad right now, but I think they're going to get players back, and you know the Bucks are going to be there. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, and. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see Tom Brady versus this defense because it's going to be the best defense. Like I said, he's faced all year and Brian Burns and Son Reddick are going to be chomping at the bit to, to sack Tom Brady. And, uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, guys, we got to wrap, we got to get this thing wrapped up here, but let me, I got one quick question. Keep it short. Yeah. Um, JJ, are you going to the game this weekend? And I need a prediction from you. What do you got for a final score? Okay, so I'll put it like this. I'm trying to, to work a situation right now to, to get me some tickets to the game. Um, I okay. was actually coordinating that uh, tonight. The only challenge I've had is I had tickets secured on last or on this past Thursday, 
And I was trying to coordinate with a friend that, that I have in Charlotte, you know, trying to pull our families in. Uh, we didn't pull the trigger. And so now you know that those tickets have skyrocketed in price you know, for where I want to sit. But um, a little angel came through right before the, the, the podcast. And, and I should have some finality in the morning. And then I'll let you know. Um, but I'm trying. Um, uh, so I just... And so my, my prediction, though, is I think Carolina wins this game 20, 27 because they don't have a good defense and they just lost Chase Young. I think we put up 27. I think they score 13. 27-13, Panthers. Bryson? All right, uh, real quick, if, if you go to the game, are you going to go to the run ride tailgate? If I can get there early enough, I will. All right, cool. Well, we'll yeah, we'll we know God, whether you're yeah. at the tailgate or not. If you're yeah, I need, I, need, I need to see, I need to see my homeboys at. Man. And so yeah. uh, I'm definitely going to try to get time, you know, to, to get there in time to see him and everybody else who was there. I, I, I miss a lot of folks there. Heck yeah, man. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, Carolina opened up as, as 3.5 favorites. Um, over the Washington football team. Uh, I'm interested to see this package that Ron Rivera says that he has for Cam Newton. Um, you know, he said in the interview that he, he's always had this package in case he ever had to play Cam. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, your defense isn't very good, Ron. But, uh, you know, Washington football team without Chase Young, done for the year. Montez Sweat on IR. Curtis Samuel, questionable. Uh, we've heard that story before. Um, I think it's going to be a long day for Taylor Heineke. Um you were so close to my prediction, JJ. I thought you were going to say it, but I got I got Carolina twenty seven, Washington football team ten. So uh, okay. I think I think Carolina wins um, and and pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, I I think this game is going to be a little, little bit closer than people think. I think Ron, just the entire staff, that it's literally like the Panthers two over in Washington. It seems like I feel like they're going to have something drawn up. Um, for Cam, I think there's no doubt that he's going to be starting this weekend. I think it's going to be closer. I think Carolina still wins by 10. Uh, I think it's going to be 24. I'll go 24-10. It's going to say 24-14, but I don't know. I think this defense is going to have their day with Heineke. Or I mean, they're going to give Heineke some fits here. Uh, this defense is really coming in their own, and when they got an offense that can um, give them a little rest, they are – they just – they're a whole new defense, it seems like. So, I think they'll give him fits. I think they win this one. I'll say 24-10. You said you think it's going to be closer, and, you, and then you end up giving the same point spread that JJK on on the game. He said – Did he say – what did he – I thought he, he said, said 27-10. No, he said 27-13. 27-13. So I okay. said 27-10. Well, my, my original – my original – my original was going to be 24-14. And let, let me just – I'll stick with that. 24-14, that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, ah, I heard you say 10. I'm like, ah, I can see that. I'll, I'll stick to 24-14. Um, again, I think it's going to be a closer game. So, um, but yeah, it should be a good one. I'm, I'm very excited to go. I'm excited that we're both going to the game. It should be a good one. Get to see Cam Newton back in action and that – that stadium is going to be rocking and rolling on Sunday. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a dream, man. It's going to be a dream.
Curtis gave his prediction. He's, he said, uh, you know, he's he thinks it's going to be a, a closer game, and he gave the same point spread as you. So I, was, I heard him. I heard him say 24 10. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was, that like, was by, I had to change it, bro. I, I honestly, I thought you said, tw- I thought you said 27 10. Um, but 20, 20, 24, 24 14, that's what I'm going to go with. I think it's, I think they still win by 10, but that's fair. I think yeah. I think it, I think it'll be a good game. I don't think they see the end zone twice on us. Yeah, I see that. So, I, I, that's hard to hard to believe. Yeah, so I, I, that's why I gave them twenty seven. I think they kicked two field goals. They get an end zone once, um, and you know that's thirteen for me. That's all I can give them. I think we have that type of defense, man, and um, and so yeah, and I think we're gonna score at least three touchdowns and kick a couple field goals. See, my prediction is I don't see Joey Sly making a field goal at Bank of America. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. He'll go he'll go two for four. <laughs> two for four. <laughs> and, and, and miss a couple PATs. It, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, he'll go he'll go two for four, miss a PAT. They'll get one <laughs> touchdown in a in a um in a in a conversion, I guess. A, <laughs> yeah. And so, but no, you know, it's it's I'm I'm I really think we handle those guys. I don't know what, you know, Matt Rule, I mean, not Matt Rule, but I don't know what you know, Ron Rivera has in store for Cam. You know, the only thing I can imagine that they would have in store for Cam is a defense that would be kind of like that umbrella defense mm-hmm. that Bill Belichick used to try to run against him. Um, you know, and, and the one where he hurt his foot in the in the preseason mm-hmm. where you kind of rush five, and but nobody actually goes after him. And, you know, I see teams do that with um, against Lamar Jackson um, as well. And so, you know, they'll try to play contain and and probably have a spy in the middle of the field and, you know, just force Cam um, to to throw outside. Um, If I was scheming against Cam, this version of Cam, that's what I would do. Um, Take away, you know, the the across the middle reads and and um, and make him throw, you know, to the sidelines and, and try to break on, you know, on those balls. And and so. Just, you know, remember I said that, and when we play them, see what they try to force Cameron to doing. But that's what I think happens. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think we get a, a, a few turnovers um, and we get short fields, and I think we capitalize on those short fields. And and I think once we get ahead, um, I think we're going to dictate the action um, for the remainder of the game. And honestly, I don't think their touchdown is going to come early or that touchdown. I think it's going to come late in, like, garbage time, kind of like, the uh, the Cardinals game this past week. I don't really see the games being that different. I think what we're going to get from Washington and what we got from the Cardinals is going to be very, very similar. Um, they got two backup quarterbacks playing, um, you know, with, you know, they have a good running back. They have a decent offensive line. Um, but I think their defense is underwhelming. And I don't think they'll be able to stop us from getting what we want on the ground or, you know, what we want in the air. Um, I would definitely try to take advantage of Landon Collins um, at safety and and just go from there, man. But I think I think as on paper, we're the better team, and I think it's going to show. All right, guys, we got to wrap this up. I got to get I got to get out of here. But JJ, thank you so much for coming on. I we had to get you back on once Cam signed. Back yep. with the team. It was only there's the only way we were gonna have this show after after the <laughs> signing. So I'm glad I'm glad you joined us again this evening. We appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I told you all when you first brought me on that, you know, I would always try to make myself available 
um, to you. I don't have, you know, my own show or YouTube, or anything like that. Uh, but I do sincerely appreciate when folks think enough of me um, to, to get me on. I'm not a big talker. I'm a, more of a tweeter than a talker. Um, but, you know, uh, it always means a lot, you know, that, you know, folks like you all, you know, think enough of me to bring me on. I, I really, really deeply appreciate it. So thank you. We, we really appreciate you, man. And, and as always, we, we love having you on, dude. So, so you'll be coming on a, a lot more. So, so hopefully you do like us because, because we're going to be asking I, you to come back on, man. That's, that's real. Trust me. Trust me. There have been people and I won't call them out. Um, and I probably hate, I won't even say this, but, <laughs> but <laughs> <I'm> always <laughs> make myself available. And so I, you know, me coming on, I think this is my third time now. Obviously, obviously I do like you. Um, and, 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 and I will make time, you know, to come on because that's just my gratitude for you thinking enough to bring me on. So, um, greatly appreciate it. Can't wait to hear it. And, um, I'll make sure that, that I share it when I see the link drop. Thank you. Yeah. And before you go again, we didn't say this before, but thank you again for your service. I know veterans day was last week, but we really, yes, we truly you. appreciate it. We definitely want to thank you for that as well. Absolutely, man. It was a pleasure to serve. Best thing I ever did. And, um, and no, you need to be thanking my wife, man, because I totally screwed her day by, by being right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, I appreciate y'all, Thanks man. Thanks again, JJ. Talk to y'all on the timeline. Thank you, man. Uh, All right. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. Now let's get to our draft picks of the week. All right, Bryce, and this week, I went with a new one. I finally found something at the grocery store that was different that I haven't had yet. And Uh this comes from the old Mecklenburg Brewery, Captain Jack Pilsner. Mm. It's a 16-ounce can, 4.8% alcohol. It was all right. At the the first couple sips, it's kind of got a weird taste to it. but overall, I thought it was all right. It's it's a decent beer. I'd have it again. It it's got some malty and hops kind of tasting to it a little bit. But I thought it was I thought it was decent after having a few sips. Again, this is Captain Jack Pilsner uh, from the old Mecklenburg Brewery. Yellow can. Go check them out. Whatever if you're in Charlotte, Mecklenburg County, North Carolina. They got some pretty good beers. I've had them before, but this one I've never tried. So go give this one a try. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, I am drinking a Wicked Weed Brewing um, from Asheville, North Carolina. It is a watermelon dragon fruit burst session sour. Um, I'm a big sour fan. I love I love pretty much every sour that there is out there. Um, this one is 4.5% alcohol. Um, really, really good uh, watermelon flavor to it uh wasn't overpowering it wasn't super sour it was it was the right amount of everything um I'm, i was really a fan of this one and i think i'm gonna drink it more often um my wife actually picked it up for me um just told her to pick me up something local and it's what she got so um shout out to her uh this was a good choice and i am excited to drink more of it that sounds pretty good i'll have to give that one a try well folks Let's hope for a Panthers win this weekend. Cam Newton returning to BOA. It's going to be rocking. You better be there or be yes, square. Sir. Should be a good one. Well, thank you all for listening to the Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcast. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 